so uh we'll start this out with uh welcome back <laughs> both me and you um it's been a wild ride uh, recently even today right now I found out that uh, my a good friend of mine, and he was like an uncle. Might as well have been one, and you know, I had uh, we've we had some conversations. Um, he passed. Um, and just moments before him. On uh, January 3rd this year, my father passed. And that guy was my best friend. He was like, it was like having a brother. It was, it was like a, a just the embodiment of what I want to be. And I know I won't be him. And I know I will always be me. You know, there's some things that, about him, of course, that I don't want to take uh, from him. And, you know, everybody, you know, something I'm going to say everybody, but people just don't want to, um, they don't want to ever say, like, oh, I'm just like my dad, or blah, blah. And some people take it, and some people take that and run with it. I don't. I, I'd rather be myself. But, And I feel like I needed to make this because, you know, this will help me, you know. And uh, I've been dodging therapy and my mom's been blowing me up about going and stuff like that. So let me start from the beginning. So I wake up on the 27th and uh, I have to work, but like I feel complete and utter crap and I could not understand why so I was like you know hey um, I was like I think I have COVID because you know this is a sudden like out of nowhere so of course I stay in my room I call my supervisor and let him know again this is the 27th So, you know, um, I, you know, my dad tells me, hey, you know, uh, you need to go get tested. And then the next day, I, well, actually, you know, I'm trying to find places. <clears throat> Excuse me. And everywhere was, uh, they were saying, you know, I, my insurance hadn't, hadn't just hit yet. I just signed up for a new health insurance, so. You know, people was just going to, like, they wanted a $75 deposit at some hospital or place. And I wasn't about to pay that just to get a Q-tip stuck up my nose. So, <laughs> I'd rather not do that. Um, but, yeah. So, the next day I get tested, I tested positive, like, super fast. And I took a home test beforehand. 
and that tested positive like within five minutes. Um, and I'm just telling you everything I remember. So I get I get to the uh, I get to immediate care, and it's uh, it's not far from me. And um, you know I'm waiting and waiting, and I feel like crap, and I feel like I just want to lay down on the road, and hopefully that'll help with like the the headache and feeling like the best way I can explain it is I feel like I stood on the freeway or the highway whichever one you guys use I feel like I stood there got hit by a semi and just walked away and um so you know I'm sitting there in my car and I'm waiting I'm like please come like hurry up like I feel like crap like this sucks going there the first person I see is a is a very very old friend, not as far as age, but as far as time. I haven't seen this person for maybe six, seven years, you know. And uh, that was her for that's for another podcast, but whatever. Um, she didn't realize who I was until she looked at me. And she was like, oh, my God, like, she's like, you disappeared off the face of the earth. And, of course, in my raspy voice, because I was sick, I said I had to. So I go, I go in the uh, little room. Well, I get weighed. I didn't know I was going to weigh 192 pounds. That blew me away. You know, thanks, Uncle Sam and uh, Spectrum. Appreciate that. <laughs> um. So I go in the room, they, uh, they test me and, you know, they was like, hey, we'll go out to the car. I didn't even get to like sit down in my car before they called me back in. And um, <clears throat> so they called me back in and the old friend was like, she was like, you got COVID. And I was like, great. I figured. And so the lady broke it down to me and I was like, she was like, is there any questions? And I was like, no, I just want to get out of here. You know, I don't want to put nobody at risk. I just want to go home and obviously seclude myself. So I get there, you know, I get the car. I call my supervisor, let her know and send her pictures. So then that way she can do her little processing stuff or whatever, blah, blah. (sighs) So then I get home, I let my dad know I have COVID. He kind of just looked at me and was like, okay. And, you know, apparently he wasn't feeling too well either. But, you know, it was nothing, this was nothing new for me, from him, from him to me, and from me to him. You know, we never, we never uh, really uh, worry about when we each other sick. Unless, like, it's something serious. I mean, of course, we take COVID seriously, obviously. So that night, my wonderful girlfriend buys, like, two weeks worth of food. And really, not even two weeks worth of food. I just told her what I wanted at the moment. And not knowing that I was going to lose my taste the day after. I was going to lose my taste and smell the day after. So, um... That whole time, you know, I, <laughs> and believe this, so she had got me applesauce as one of the things that she got me, and um, 
of course I'm in my room and I'm trying to stay secluded. I don't have a refrigerator in there. Nor a mini fridge. And um the applesauce spoiled, but I couldn't smell it until one day I got my smell back and I got a whiff of it. So like my smell goes in and out. So like I may smell something for a little bit and then I don't smell anything at all. So come to find out that um Um, yeah, come to find out that the applesauce is spoiled, so I threw it away. So time goes by. You know, I'm starting to notice my dad getting sicker and sicker. And I'm like, you know, the first day I was like, Dad, you need to go to the hospital. Which was like, I think like three or four days later. I was like, Dad, you need to go to the hospital. Dad, you need to go to the hospital. And he was like, nah, I'm fine. I'll get better. He was like, Cree bought me some stuff, which is my sister. He was like, she bought me some stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. He was like, she bought some stuff for you. And I was like, I'm good. You know, my girlfriend got me. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was pretty down bad. And I was like, you know, dad, I sorted it out. So maybe it'll work. That'll work for you. Um, so he, uh, time goes on and you know I've noticed it's getting worse and worse he's not able to sleep he's not able to do anything the only thing he really can do is go to the bathroom and that's that was very rare you know at that at these last couple days before he went to the hospital (laughs) sorry um so you know, uh, New Year's went by, and uh, you know, I didn't mean. I I remember opening the door and telling him Happy New Year, and he said it back. You know, he's just sitting there, and then you know, I finally get comfortable enough to rest. I won't forget the time, and I don't think I ever will. So, four thirty-eight, four thirty-eight a.m. I hear, he calls my name. I jump out of bed. I'm like, what's wrong? And he he's like out of breath. Like every breath, like every sentence, every word, he needed a breath. So it's not like it was kind of like a, hey, I need this too. And it's like if he tried to get, if it was a short sentence, he would take a deep breath and then say the whole sentence. So it went something like he was like, hey. I need to go to the hospital. And I was like, okay. I gave him clothes. I went to go put on mine while he built on his. And if he needed help, obviously he didn't call me. So he's sitting there with a t-shirt and some pants and his shoes, his brand new shoes that he just bought. Brand new white shoes. No jacket on. And he, I was like, all right, dad, let's go. He's like, all right. So, you know, kind of like making sure he's coming outside. And, uh, he walks out the door and he just sat down. I was like, Dad, you good? And he was like, I have nothing left. He was like, I have no energy. And I kind of panicked a little. And then, of course, I didn't show him because if I panicked, he would have panicked and then it would have just been a, you know. So I was like, All right, I'll call the ambulance. I called the ambulance and they show up like within 10, 15 minutes. 
and again this is new year's this is three years like three years this is new year's three hours after the ball drops okay three hours the ball just dropped three hours ago and um well four hours ago technically or whatever you want to put it ball just dropped hasn't even been six hours yet so given like the hospitals are probably slapped with a bunch of people who are drunk or you know unfortunately sick so they're probably like you know to their to their teeth with with patients and with uh calls so uh a taller lady gets out and then a very short lady gets out i look at them and i look at my dad and i was like in my head i was like this is not about to go well at all not at all it's not about to go well and um it really didn't not really the lady questioned them for like 45 minutes before they even got this this little sled out or whatever and uh or the cot whatever you want to call it so i literally i told one of the ladies i was like hey can you go grab it because this isn't gonna work she was like the lady was like trying to pre-diagnose him lady i understand you're an emt and you know and i'm not trying to say even like people in the emt don't know what they're doing because obviously you put in the time and stuff like that which is totally fine do what you got to do now what i will say is is like um it's not i didn't think it was the right thing to do to be like if if somebody calls you for the hospital and you're questioning them on what's going on after they tell you, it should be, okay, let's get you on a sled and go. It shouldn't be, oh, well, you did this, or it's because of this, or it's because of that. And I'm not trying to blame this lady because I'm glad she even came out because it could have been even longer. So, finally get him on the thing, and he's sitting down, and the lady's pretty much ignoring him and just trying to work. And I was just like, that, just chill, you know, it's okay. And my dad never asked people for help and he's just like you know what do I do next and then the lady gives him an oxygen tank and then that's when I started to kind of realize I mean I had already realized and I, of course like, I'm kind of in a panic mode it's cold you know it's, it's not it's, I couldn't tell if it was raining or not I couldn't tell about a lot of things I again like I was just I felt like crap just as much as he did So, uh, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm watching him, and I, I knew for a fact he was uncomfortable. I knew for a fact he was. There's no doubt. And uh, he was sitting there breathing, and then he, like, he pulled his shirt. He's like, I feel like I just can't breathe. And I was like, Dad, you just gotta, I was like, you just gotta relax. And again, here's me about the panic. And he was like, well, he said, uh, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He just, uh, he pulled his shirt. This is a big guy, he's 600 pounds, just to give you an idea. He's 600 pounds, like 5'11", okay? And uh, he pulled his shirt and then that didn't help. And then he pulls the oxygen thing from his nose that's like wrapped around his neck. 
and then he tries breathing as hard as he possibly can. And I remember looking at him. I remember him looking at me. He was like, Jalen, I just feel like I can't breathe. And uh, at that moment, like I think of, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <clears throat> I said, Dad, it's like just calm down. I was like, put the oxygen thing back in. I I actually took, I actually grabbed it from his hand, put it back in his nose. It was like, you, you need this, or you're not gonna make it to the hospital. So, and I told them, I was like, you guys are gonna need the fire fire team here because you guys are not gonna be able to put him in that thing at all, not by yourselves. And so, um, fire fire department arrives like five minutes after they get him down the driveway and they get him in the ambulance and I just remember him shaking his leg because at this point he's like uncomfortable and again like this guy he has no neck I mean he did but unfortunately because of his weight he had no neck so he can't really sit comfortable because like his body will just like kind of like slide like he has to actually like sit up in order for him to like stay put unfortunately uh, I just remember him the truck going away and I was trying to like I called I called everybody uh, I mean like I called the people who I know for a fact who would go to the hospital not saying that nobody would have but I called my grandmother I called no I called the people there so I called my sister, my grandmother, I called my girlfriend, I was trying to call all the people I could, but at this point I'm frantic because it's like now I'm thinking like this dude's about to be at the hospital by himself. And who's to say that he didn't pass out before or after? You know, I'm all these things are in my head. I'm like, I will never know. So of course at this point I, I am panicking. I drove I drove. I drove to my girlfriend's house and I knocked on her door. I knocked on her window. So I went, I was about to bang on it and not care. But, you know, people are sleeping. And so, um, I, the last thing I could possibly do was I put my mom, my grandmother, and my sister all in a group chat. And I was like, hey, dad's in the hospital. I need somebody to go there. And so my sister wakes up at like eight o'clock and she calls me and she's like, Jalen, I'm about to, I'm getting ready now and I'm about to leave. So I was like, okay. She gets up there at like 8.32 and she's like, they're not letting me in and they're not going to let me see him until 12 o'clock. I was like, great. So not only did he go in there at like five something, he's, he, He had been in there by himself for for six hours. My sister got there at like 11.50 and she was walking in and she waited till 12 o'clock. And she stayed with him the whole day. And I, like, I will always appreciate my sister for that. I will always appreciate her for that. Forever. And, uh, you know, I told Korea, I was like, keep me updated. And, of course, everybody's, like, freaking out. They're like, keep me updated, keep me updated. And she was like, Dad's doing fine. 
And the last words he said to me was, tell him I'm okay. Tell him I'm good. Like even just thinking about that moment, there's so many emotions. Like a part of me is like, you son of a, you son of a gun. Another part of me is like, I like I'm, you know. Another part of me is wishing. Another part of me is like, wishing I had a time machine. The other part of me is super sad. But story goes on. So, sister stays in there like all night, and then they kick her out. They tell her that she can't be in there because the oxygen that they have him on could be could affect her. So she had to she has to work tomorrow. She has to work the next day. And um, she so she was working, and. Uh, you know, everybody was calling up there. So many people called up there that they made a password. I didn't even know hospitals could could, could do that. Honestly, I, I I was blown away. I was like, hospitals can make a password now. Like we can we can make a password because too many people are calling, which is fine. I mean, which is fair because you know, I'm 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 assuming that because I'm my family's not small, and neither are my dad's friends, so I'm assuming that everybody and their mama was definitely calling that hospital to make sure he was okay because this guy was loved okay so um you know uh and like when i when you know people was getting back to me keeping me updated it was like you know he's good he's his his, uh his lungs are at 97 percent you know he's doing well they just took x-rays they look good i'm like great great you know, I'll I'll be like, I have no problem picking up my dad the next day, and I saw like I saw it coming. So you know, I'm gonna pick him up, and you know, this is the second. So the third, I was like, all right, cool. He's he gonna get picked up. In my head, it was you, he's gonna get picked up on the third. When he would have came back home, he probably would have slept all day. Then the next day would have been his birthday, and I would have gotten pizza. third came and I was fine all morning you know I was like let me do his laundry let me let me uh, wash where he was at you know try and disinfect everything I'm trying to get my grandmother's bed together because he slept in there one day you know and then I'm like this is I still haven't got a negative test at this point and I think around like uh Five o'clock, six o'clock, I don't know, six thirty. I don't know. My grandmother calls me. She's like, Jalen, I think she's like, Jalen, your mom called me. She said you need to go to the hospital. She said, I think things took a turn for the worst. I've been a really strong dude for a lot of people. And for myself. And, you know, and I talked to a lot of people about this situation. 
the universe lined up for me. And I and I honestly don't know how to feel about that. I don't know whether to be happy or to be sad, to be mad, to be stressed. I do not know. So I I find a mask. I just I threw on his mask. I found his mask. Rightfully so. I threw I found his mask. I have a sweatpants. I have sweatpants on and a hoodie. And I throw on my slides and I get in the car. I'm racing there. Mind you, I do not have my contacts in. I can't see anything. It looks like crap outside. My car has got dust all around it. It is ridiculous. On the way there, there's an ambulance in front of me. Of course, I'm behind the ambulance and I'm just, I'm, me and the ambulance are like, I'm not, of course, I'm not too close to the ambulance, but I'm definitely following them. And I didn't care what kind of lights I was running. If I did run any lights, I don't remember. I just remember getting there, and uh, I got to the ER. I don't know why I went to the ER first. Whatever. Get to the ER. I ask for my dad. The lady gives me his paper. Says this is where the real hospital is. I go. I'm running, by the way. I'm sprinting, and I'm looking at this paper about where it's telling me to go. I get to the front desk of the hospital, and I'm like, I'm here for my dad, James Miller, and. this, the lady was like, oh, yeah. And so she gave me a sticker. And as she was giving me the sticker, I could see, like, nine other stickers. And I'm like, no. Mm-mm. As soon as she gives me the sticker, I run to the elevator. I'm pounding the up button because he's on the fifth floor. I get there. I run into the doors. And it was like, well, first of all, it was it was a hallway I had to run through. So like people are moving out of my way and everything. But I get like I said, I get up to the fifth floor, I walk to the doors, and it was like it was like a Grey's Anatomy scene. I literally I could I was like I was in disbelief. I was like, my dad's not in there. And I was, I was literally hoping that he was like somewhere down the line, and you know, I they just needed somebody there, just to make sure that if anything does go wrong, somebody's there. So, he, um, the doctor, and he was like, "This is the doctor who's been working with your dad," and I'm over here like I don't care about that. <laughs> like, I'm here to see my dad. And I hear him on the phone. I'm just thinking, who's he talking to? And then one of the nurses informed me he's on the phone with my mom. And then I heard the words come from his mouth. And he was like, your your husband, your, he only has minutes to live. I've never been so crushed in my life. To hear those words ever come out of anybody's mouth. I remember trying to open the door and it's a push, not a pull. And I'm like, can I go in there, please? So they had to suit me up, do all this other stuff. And I go in there and I see my dad. 
listening, he looks at me. I look at him and I close his eyes. And I don't think I've ever cried so hard in my life. I'm on my knees. I'm holding his hand, hoping he just squeeze it and tell me to get up. I got my hands all over him. I still felt his heart beating. I spent like 10 minutes in there just crying. And my uncle shows up. And then my aunties show up and then everybody else does. And this is where the, the angry part almost is like itchy. The first question they ask me is why didn't you tell anybody? You wanna know why I didn't tell anybody? Because first of all, I don't have some of y'all numbers. Second of all, I only see you guys on occasions. On occasions. Sometimes I see you guys drive by. Hell, even... So yeah, um, people, you know, everybody starts showing up and then, um, you know, after the dust settles and uh, people start asking like, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, I don't know, I'm sorry. It was 4 a.m. on New Year's and we don't really talk much, sorry. You know, anytime I ask anybody for anything, it's always either they dodge it or, you know, it's 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 all about family until you need them, right? But I still love them. And this is no hatred towards you. I'm just talking the facts. And somebody needs to say all this. And if you're hurt by it, so be it. I am my father's child. And if I feel some type of way about something, I will speak on it. I've held my tongue long enough. So, you know, the hardest moment was uh, going, going back home. I had to go back to the house where I, I called the hospital and the whole nine, where me and him have been living at for the last two years. I had to take his clothes, that, that dry, I don't know how I made it. I don't know how I made it from the house to the hospital and I don't know how I made it from the hospital to the house, but I'm here now. 
the first thing that really hit me was like, I came home without my dad. What do I do? My girlfriend comes over. He called her daughter-in-law, and he's never said that about any of my exes. So that she's something special, and um, she starts crying, of course. Cause she just walked through the door, and she didn't. Her nickname. He called her Stinky Butt. <laughs> I don't know why, but if you know my dad, he 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 always gave somebody a nickname. If you would have ever met him, you would have had one too. Um, you know, I comfort her, and I'm crying. And the next day goes, and uh, they come over to clean, and we're finding all this stuff. And the next day goes, and my mom comes. I walk to the door, and of course, she she almost can't stand. Of course, she's crying so hard. And the, and, and let's backtrack to the hospital real quick. So I had to but I had to tell them both because they're out of state. I had to tell my grandmother and my mom that he's gone. And I hope to God that none of you ever, 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 ever have to hear a woman scream like they did. That will live to haunt me for the rest of my life. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but that's just that's just how the cookie crumbled on that one. I will never forget those screams. Get back to the story. You know, after me, my mom settled down. My cousin shows up. My sister shows up. My brother shows up. My, of course, my girlfriend's there. Me and my brother had, you know, apparently we had like some kind of misunderstanding the day before, and he was upset, which is typical of him. He's always upset over something. Whatever makes him mad and whatever doesn't go his way, and if he feels attacked in any way, then he'll just, you don't exist to him anymore which is fine whatever and so um, you know we was talking and laughing and then the next thing you know they just they're talking about they're asking me to do these things and I'm not ready to do them yet it's only been three days since I had to look at my dad and walk away from him So, of course, my emotions were all over the place. I'm talking like beef stew with, with, with salsa in it. And a five-layer salad and like everything, like the whole dinner. You, you have a full-course meal mixed in a pot type of mixed emotions. And I let 
the anger part get the best of me. So we had a big fight. When I say we, I mean me against everyone else. I regret that day. I do. And nobody's going to be able to change that. I will always regret that day. Um, I felt so exhausted at the end. I blacked out twice. But at the end of it all, I, I was exhausted. And I realized what I'd done. And uh, I told my girlfriend, I was like, call, call my cousin. And so he, he comes, like, she calls him, he picks up the phone three seconds later. He's down the house, I'm in the front room, and he talks to her to see what was going on. And, and um, yeah. I was very, my emotions exploded that day. Of course I wish they hadn't, but what is is done is done. So, my grandmother arrives moments after. I just can't hold it together. At this point I'm falling apart. I mean, like, when I say falling apart, like, you ever just bring a cookie out the oven, it's still soft, and you go to pick it up, and it just, whatever's on the spatula, it's just, you might as well pick it up with your hand and eat it. That's what it was like. Except I wasn't, like, you know, the way I am is, like, I gotta put myself together. Because, I mean, people can put you together all day long, but they'll... Unfortunately, they'll put you how they want to put you and how they think it should, how they think you should be, which is no animosity towards anybody. Not at all. I appreciate that. Thank you. But, so, um, at this point, you know, I'm isolating myself. I realized what I did and it wasn't. It was not a good thing at all. So, you know, um, the day after, uh, I think we, yeah, day after, we had to go to the mortuary. And we talked about a bunch of stuff. Or was it before? No, it was before. It was Wednesday. Yeah. No, was I don't know. I really truly don't know. I can't even remember my days. Mm-hmm. So um I just I I'm just tell you what I remember. I remember going to the cemetery, having to talk there about once or twice. And then the viewing. It 
was rough. And I'm talking about this is a family viewing. So like this isn't where he's at the church and the casket's open and everybody gets to come look. No, this is us. I know he's dead, but his hands were so cold. So cold. I'm up there and, you know, seeing my family just fall. Not physically, but emotionally, rightfully so. And I turn around, I'm looking like, where is she at? I'm looking for my mom. And she's standing at the door, terrified. She doesn't want to believe it. Neither do I. But she has to go in there because her mental wouldn't be right. So, I brought her in. I think, Mama, me and your brother got you. And you don't got you. And we walked in with her. And she was about to jump in the thing. That's the best way I can explain it. She was about to jump in. And uh, the actual viewing, I was good. I was doing just fine, doing just fine. And then people started showing up. I've seen faces I haven't seen in over 10 years. Some of these people, I, I mean, I've seen, I see what they're going through, you know. Unfortunately, like the way social media is and stuff like that, you know, no fault towards them. I'm glad to know that, you know, to see what they're going through. But I'm seeing all these people, every single one of them. And I can't hold it together because they see right through me. Why, how, they, they know exactly who I am and exactly who I'm going to be. So, of course, I just cried. There was, there's one person, and this is no shade towards nobody else. One person who I just could not hold it together for. And that was his coach. That was, that was my brother's coach. He'd been coaching with my dad for the longest. And we, me and his, like, you know, the family, our families have been through so much together. You know, as individuals and as as a, as, as a, the, a fellowship of, of families. There's been a, a lot of ups and downs. You know, there's probably been, there's a lot more things that I don't know about. But of course, I was there for both. And I was a kid then, so I didn't I didn't know. And then my friend. My friend shows 
and my cousin shows up. All these people start showing up. And uh, it was overwhelming. Whatever shell I was trying to put on, whatever mask I had on, shattered. Gone. All my 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 friends are there. My girlfriends are there. My family's there. All the family friends are there. That's just the viewing. The funeral comes. You know, I'm I'm okay, I'm fine, doing okay. And then they want, you know, they want me to sit up front. I really don't want to sit up front. I don't. Mm-mm. I didn't wear my contacts on purpose, so I couldn't see. Because I don't know how much it would take for me to muster up any kind of energy or motor skills to do anything if I seen some of those people. So, you know, when they when they got to the part and, you know, they asked, uh, is there people who want to talk? And he selected five. So, I went up there. I, I definitely went up there. And I could have said more, but I wanted, I just needed to get it out. And I went up there and I said, most of you know, I'm Jim Bob's son. And, uh, I can't remember what I said. I do what I what I did say though, as I said, the one thing that I yeah, I said the one thing I want everybody to take away from this is, is to pull up. That's because that's what my dad did whenever you needed him. He was there. It didn't matter if he didn't feel good, it didn't matter if he was angry, it didn't matter if y'all had just argued, it didn't matter. None of that mattered. My dad cares about people so much to the point where he will put his health in jeopardy for others to be saved. And the whole time when people are walking up, I'm seeing some people's faces that I haven't seen in I'm 25. I haven't seen some of these people since before I was 10. And again, it's just whatever mask, costume, front I was putting up, shattered. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. So, you know, 
fast forward to fast forward to the gravesite. We get there and you know it's kind of slow. It's another. There's like three funerals going. This is really sad. Get there and uh, well, of course we requested not for the casket not to be dropped down while we're there because oh my god, that wouldn't. Oh no, Mm-mm. not with my family. Nope, they couldn't hold it together. They would not be able to hold it together. So, um, oh man. So, you know, we all get there, and, you know, I'm kind of just standing back and watching everybody. And, uh, they coughing me up there. Holding my mom. No, actually, no. They called me up there for my mom and grandma. And uh, I go up there and I put my hand on the casket. I just shake my head. I, I cannot wrap my head around this at all. It feels so unreal. And, you know, fast forward, my mom is crying, and she's screaming, actually. Oh, my God. We had to get her off the casket, and she she laid on the casket, and we had to get her off. She was not going to get off. At all. So, she, um, we put her in a, in a car, and there was a repassing we had back at the church, and then we went there, and, you know, it was cool. Everybody was having a good time. And then, uh, Sunday comes around, and, um... Everybody's there. Uh, We went to my auntie's house. I think, or my uncle's. I can't remember. I think it was my auntie's. And everybody was there. And the next day, um, I think they was out of my uncle's and I didn't want to go. I I can't remember. I've lost track. But the craziest part is, is I still have to move out on the 11th. I didn't have to, but I wanted to because I would not be able to bear walking in and out of that door in that house and not seeing my dad. And then what makes it worse is my grandmother can't tell the difference between me and my dad. At all. She can't tell the difference between our voices. So I would hate to walk through that door and she say his name. I wouldn't hate it, but it would suck. 
it would hurt. I know it would hurt her just as well as it would hurt me. She'd probably get up out the bed and be like, no way. But the part that's beating me up the most, what really this is all about, is I have been absent minded, emotionally, so mentally, emotionally, I'm just physically here. I, I can't shake this weird feeling. You know, I, I said it about, like, my girlfriend's super strong, dude. I, I love her to death. Why? Because even though I've been absent, she's still here. Even though I've been angry, she's still here. Some girls don't even want to be around you if you ain't got a dime in your pocket. She was with me when I didn't. And now she's with me and I'm making thousands of dollars. So yeah. I've been absent. And I'm not used to that. I'm usually here for everybody else. I'm not used to people being here for me. Because the one person, the few people who were and who are there for me, one of them is gone. And I don't know what to do. So I did this. I clean my house every morning. Or apartment. Sorry. I clean my apartment every morning. I make sure I go get a car wash when I can. I work I, I work down to the detail like I always have. I'm trying to be as nice as I possibly can to people. You know, I'm still trying to be there with my friends and like try to get back to normal. Things just aren't normal anymore. And I I don't like it. At all. Not one bit. But change is good. This is going to become the new norm. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to feel normal. It doesn't take that long. Because people still need saving. People still need a reason to care and to live. I still love the human race. (laughs) I know that sounds stupid, but... I didn't question God. I didn't question nobody. I didn't even question myself. I just, I keep replaying the same things over and over again in my head. This sucks. 2022 is going to be the best year ever. It just isn't right now. 
right now it really sucks but it's okay because when I get back to my normal self and I probably won't but when I get back to where it feels normal and, it, and the new nor- and whatever this new feeling and this new me and the new place and everything when it becomes normal it's only one way up only one way to go and that's success I got to I gotta do it for him for my auntie for my whole entire family so that nobody ever has to do anything we can all live a, a great life no money doesn't acquire those things but no more flat tires no more not having a car no more worrying about your house no more worrying about I can't do this because it wasn't done this way no more people having to worry about am I going to stay here am I going to live there no more people having to deal with BS no more people having to live with people they don't like no more I have to succeed I got to because if I don't if I don't the future is fucked for, for my family thank you for being in my head I'll be back